Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to Your Story is a Legacy show. My name is Rosanna Jackalone, and I'll be your host, your life story guide, your legacy coach, your spiritual healer, and friend. This show will help you get inspired and give you resources and practical tips so you can craft and tell your unique life story for yourself, your children, and generations to come. I bet you were asking, well, how will this show make my life better? It will do that by first, helping you to get to know yourself more deeply and in the process, learn your passions and the unique gifts you bring to the world. Second, it helps you get through transitions, things like job loss, marriage, childbirth, relocation, even things like divorce. It also helps you heal by turning traumas in your life into triumphs. And finally, it helps you create a legacy to leave for yourself, your family, and future generations. If that sounds good to you, let's begin our journey together. Good morning, beautiful soul. Happy Monday. Today we're going to talk about conflict. (laughs) It's something we deal with throughout our lives, and often we don't deal with it in a constructive way. We may blow up as a result of the conflict or avoid the person that we're having a conflict with. We may ignore the situation and hope it will blow over. But as we know, these techniques do not work for a long-term solution. The secret to successfully resolving conflict is really to listen to the other person and process what you say and how you respond with your heart. So let's talk about what this means and give some real examples. I will not include any names because I want to protect the privacy of the people who have shared these situations with me. Family issues seem to be the number one area conflicts come in, followed by marriages and then work. And with family conflicts, Generally speaking, they're long-standing ones. Oftentimes, there has been a wall built up in the absence of communication. And in that vacuum, the, quote, enemy grows stronger. Here's a perfect example of this. There's an older woman I work with who's related to and very close to the mother and father of their estranged son. She would often say very derogatory things about the son who, coincidentally, I ended up meeting in a business situation. The son couldn't have been nicer, and as I got to know him, I realized there was certainly another side to the story. I shared with the woman some of the things 
He said, meaning the estranged son, about his situation with his parents, particularly his dad. The woman did not want to hear it. She continued to demonize the son without knowing his side or speaking to him. And then it happened. The mother of the son passed away. And the older woman asked me if I would attend the funeral, I think just to make it easier for her. And if I would do a reading there, since she knew I have tremendous faith and wanted healing at this time. I told her I would go, but only on the condition that she speak to and embrace the son and, if she felt like it, to apologize for the negative thinking that had kept her away from him all those years that she would never get back. She told me she would speak to him and embrace him, but she was not sure she would apologize. I told her, I want you to think about what his mother would want. She loved her son in spite of the tensions with her husband. I told her, I want you to look at her son through your relatives, the mother's eyes, not your own, and be open to the fact that the person you deemed a terrible son truly struggled because his dad made him feel less than for not going to into his dad's field of work. And it was a beautiful thing to behold. What had been a long-term wall that divided this older woman and her relative son came down through an embrace that could only be described as pure love. She cried when she embraced him. I don't know the words they exchanged over the 20 minutes they spoke, but she said to me after that she felt so much better after doing this and thanked me. She also told me she was very peaceful with the son now and said, we can take a step towards having a relationship again. She processed what was anger and resentment through her heart, which came out as a loving embrace and then an intimate conversation and the wall came down. Then I think about a situation I had to mediate between two best friends. They had been deeply connected over, uh, they bonded over an illness, believe it or not, but had a great friendship that was born out of it. And ultimately, what happened is one of the friends said to me, she felt the other friend did not value their relationship. And I asked her why. She told me that the one that her friend showed up mostly late or in one instance over an hour late were canceled at the last minute when they had plans. I asked her if she talked to the friend. She said, not really, since she didn't want to make a big deal out of anything. I told her, it's not uh, making a big deal if 
she can actually tell me it happens often and it makes her feel like the relationship is not equally valued by both she and her friend. So then I asked her, is this a friendship that is important enough that you want to work on or not? Because if the answer is yes, then you need to have a discussion about this. You can't sweep it under the carpet because you're building resentment. So I told her that requires her being honest about the situation, but without attacking and allowing herself to be vulnerable and saying what she felt through her heart. So we role-played. I played the friend that seemingly didn't care. And we worked out the language for her to use so that she could approach this friend in a way that her friend could actually hear and respond to from her heart as well. Two of the things that we made sure she did were to say, when X happens, it makes me feel like you don't value our friendship. And I feel hurt about that since I value you and our friendship so much. And she had to make sure there were no personal attacks or digs. She also had to be prepared to have specific examples to help the friend understand the behavior and to give her friend the benefit of the doubt by saying, I'm not sure you're aware of this behavior, but I wanted to let you know about it in case you weren't. I told her that if she said it in that manner, her friend would likely not be defensive since there is no attack. It's simply a friend saying, I felt hurt by X. Big difference. If someone feels hurt or, or that, excuse me, if someone feels they hurt you, they are likely going to feel that more in their heart than if you come out swinging, telling someone a laundry list of their wrongdoings. That would be human nature. If you attack someone, it's likely they'll attack back. That's self-defense. This situation also had a positive resolve. Her friend ended up apologizing. She said she wasn't aware that she had done it as often as she had, and not only said that she would be more mindful of it in all of her future commitments to her girlfriend, but also saying that she never wanted to hurt her friend's feelings because she too valued the friendship and appreciated her friend being honest with her in a way she could hear it. And I thought, well, how wonderful is that resolve? Because the other bonus that came out of it is her friend validated the friendship and that the friendship was really meaningful to her. So now let's move on to marital conflicts. Well, any of us who've been married know those well. We get really comfortable with our partner, our spouse, and don't think twice about what we say or how we say it. 
since we somehow believe they should magically know what we are thinking or feeling, and they should never have done X, or they should never have done X 10 times. (laughs) And those arguments don't ever amount to much of anything because someone wants to be right. I have learned for both myself and from people in the longest, most loving marriages that there is never a right or wrong because once there is, you're on the other side of the net from your partner and where you want to be is on the same side of the net hitting the balls that come your way. I love that analogy and use it as a constant reminder that I always want to be on the same side of the net as the person I love. So here, as with everything else, you have to sit down in a loving way and ask your partner to hear out what is troubling you. You have to ask them to please listen and allow you to speak without interruption. And then when you are finished, you will allow them to speak as well with no interruption. It is always a good idea to apologize for whatever you may have done to contribute to the situation. Even if it was not bringing the issue to their attention sooner before it escalated. You both need to hear the other, truly hear with your heart, because whether you agree with them or not, the only way to resolve a conflict is through empathy and trying to walk in the other's shoes. While the conversations don't always end up resolving the situation at hand, They help with the communication and bring awareness to them so that you can continue talking about the situation and work through it, even if it means you both agree to seek professional help if you're coming to an impasse. And then there's conflict at work. These are really hard, especially if you're in a key leadership position where being vulnerable is a trait they don't teach you. And yet it is a trait that is often missing in leaders that is necessary to to resolve conflict. Real-time example, the CEO of a company is working with me and he was having a problem with his creative director. She's part of his C-suite team And he tells me she's really talented, but often blows deadlines, doesn't heed his directions, repeats mistakes. And worst of all, he told me she'll submit work and designs to him that are so subpar to the standards they have created together. And he's really surprised that she's not ashamed of what she's submitting. As I listened to his laundry list, I realized this had been building up. And I asked him if he'd discuss any of this with his employee, since, as he described, she was a critical part of his C-suite team. And I also asked him if he wanted 
her to continue to be a member of his team because I wasn't really hearing that as he was going through this laundry list. He told me he did want her to continue to be a member of his team because they had a long history and they had done some exceptional work together for some of their key accounts. And then he told me he had addressed each of these situations with her as they came up, but he often did that in an angry tone and made it clear he didn't approve of her work. Of course, his creative director did not respond well to that and then often would shut down and avoid him or would just send work to him with no interaction. I told him he really needed to have a sit down with her and we would have to work on the language since he made it clear he did not want to lose her and so he was going to have to be careful how he presented those things to her. I asked him to identify what his major concern was since I thought It's so true that our brains can more easily focus on resolving one topic than hearing six items of concern. I told him if he opted to do the laundry list, she will likely shut down and he will not resolve any of those items. He told me he thought she was comfortable earning her paycheck, but not putting her heart and soul into her work. Again, I asked him to give me examples of campaigns that they had worked on where he saw that. I was actually very surprised that he rattled off five in pretty quick succession. I I asked him, if you felt that way, why didn't you have this conversation with her after failed campaign number one? He said, because he felt as a CEO, he had to coach her through elevating the creative. And I agreed that coaching is a critical part of mentoring a team. But I asked her if he could quantify how much time he spent coaching her versus other members on his C-suite executive team. He told me on balance he spends double the hours coaching her. So there was another issue. I suggested he sit down with her immediately, tell her how much he valued both her work and her contributions to the team. You know the old expression, just a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. But... He wanted to talk to her about some things he has noticed and have an understanding of what may be going on. I told him to tell her that in the last few campaigns, I felt like you were sharing work with me that's not reflective of the inspired creative you normally do, and it's important to understand why. I told him then he had to truly listen and be open to what she said, as well as figure out his contribution to the problem, and that he needed to ask if she felt there was something he could do to help with the process. He told me they ended up having 
well over an hour discussion, but he discovered that some of the time timelines were too quick for her to come up with her best work. And at times she felt like he delivered conflicting direction from the client and she was trying to figure out what would be the best way to go and she often miscalculated. They both left the meeting with a better understanding of what was going on between them and outlining a procedure that would work for the two of them. And it's allowed for far less conflict between them. And I'm happy to report at the time of this podcast, she has created two more award-winning campaigns. And now I bet you're asking, well, that all sounds great, but what happens when there isn't a successful resolution? You've followed the guidelines, you've processed the conflict through your heart, you've carefully chosen your words, You've listened to each other, but the wall does not come down. In this instance, and of course, depending upon the situation, I would either suggest professional help and or mediation if this is something very important to you, or to try another round of talking and listening, or as painful as this sounds, Sometimes you have to just sit back and let things unfold for themselves. The thing you can feel good about in this type of situation is knowing you've done your part to see how you contributed to the conflict and being really open to hearing the other person and, of course, always apologizing since it is a 50-50 thing. A relationship takes two people. So these things usually work themselves out if it is in a relationship or situation that is meant to be worked out. Your job is to do the work and let go of the outcome. In some situations, I'm sorry to say, it may require changing the situation as in a job or the relationship as in you may have to end it or consider the amount of time you want to put into it. But you will know if it comes to that after all else fails. So those are the thoughts for conflict resolution. And of course, I'd always love to hear from you. So feel free to focus any more thoughts you have on this in our private Facebook community, which is My Magnus Opus. And until next week, beautiful soul, I'm sending you love, light, and of course, successful conflict resolution. If you feel inspired by this show, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes or subscribe to the show since I update the topics weekly. And... If you feel there are others who would like this show, please take a screenshot of the show, add it to your Instagram story, and tag me at MyMagnusOpus. Also, I'd like to get to know you, so please join our email list by signing up at www.MyMagnusOpus.com. You can also join our private Facebook group, 
of like-minded legacy storytellers by going to My Magnus Opus community. Thanks so much for tuning in. May your day be full of abundance in everything you do and keep your head up always. Until next time, I'm sending you love and light.